Hello and welcome to the JV Squad Podcast. I am Julian Jubair, joined here by Vincent the Nooch. Snoochy Poochie! The Chewbacca to my Han Solo over here, and I are going to talk about sports today. And I, th- I think Really? I thought we were talking about politics, the hot topics. <laughs> Well, maybe that's for another podcast if we if we really get this ball rolling. But oh for, yeah. <laughs> but for today, sports, and with that Star Wars reference that we just made, that I I shoehorned in there. So we're talking about every minor league baseball team ever. Oh yes, let's. <laughs> you know, actually, it's funny. Remember the other day I got the Chattanooga Lookouts. Uh, yes. The... Yes, that's a a lot of those minor league baseball teams. They have out their names. Oh my God, it's great. And the Chattanooga lookouts already just just saying the name is out there because one you never expect the team to be in Chattanooga, yeah. and two the lookouts like how how do you brand that? But what I like about that is like it's a like a funny name, but it's just simple branding. It's great that I the hat I have is like the emoji eyes with like looking to the side like yes. that like that one although that I saw that was like blue and like neon yellow. I would have got that one. Yeah, I, I went all red because, you know, Cincinnati Reds, I went with, for the lay people who are listening to this podcast, the Chattanooga Lookouts are the double-A affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. You know what? I think that's an interesting topic to start on with the whole, entering the 2021 minor league baseball season, yep. there was a complete restructuring of the minor league systems. We used to have the Pacific Coast League and the International League in AAA, and then we would have the Eastern League double, the Eastern League, then the Southern League, and then the Texas League in double A. And then the whole single A was just whatever league you found that probably was a single A team. So they simplified the leagues, but there's a lot of teams that got shuffled around. Like I know uh, there was one team that was a triple A team under, you know, the old rules. But because of the whole restructuring and, you know, teams getting shifted around, they became a, I think it's like a low A, low single A. Yeah. Then you have teams like the Trent Thunder, who I feel like the Yankees should not have gone away with. They went from a double A team to now not even affiliated at all. They're still playing, fortunately, but they're not even affiliated. In my opinion, the way that I, I look at things as far as the minor leagues, you know, the farm teams with um, hockey and and with baseball, I feel like the baseball, the, the farm teams are a lot more stable as opposed to the hockey. I, I don't know exactly how it works, but I believe well, that they... Hockey, unlike baseball, where I believe the teams, you know, the major, te- the major league teams, they own the minor league franchises in hockey especially with the ahl a lot of the teams are owned by a separate entity but they have they sign affiliation clubs so they kind of make bids for the for the minor league teams um not so much bids but just like affiliation agreements okay i'm gonna bring it back but new jersey they over the last five six years used to have a team in albany but since they own i think they own that team i don't know but they were able to move it from Albany to Binghamton. And since Binghamton didn't work out, they moved that team. Well, they didn't move that team. So it's weird because there's a team called the Utica Comets, right? And yep. they used to be the... Minor league team of the St. Louis Blues for a year. They were, they, they, this they last were year. A, they were in a joint agreement with Vancouver. Yeah. 
Because they were mainly like, if you look at the branding and you, of the team, and you even if you went to the team's websites and all that, they were the Vancouver farm team. They just, I think, had an agreement with St. Louis to you know loan out players. So they were the Unica Comics, and the Canucks wanted their team, their minor league team, to be a lot closer to them. Because obviously, Vancouver is on the western coast of Canada, and Utica is in New York. That's almost 3,000 miles. Maybe 2,800 if you want to be exact. A little less, but yeah. So the point is, they wanted their team to be closer. So they got the right to move their franchise to Abbotsford, British Columbia. So that left Utica without a team. But then the Devils moved in, and they're technically moving their team from Binghamton, New York, to Utica. Back to the old, because they're back in the day, the Utica farm team used to be the Devils. It used to be the Utica Devils, for, I think it was for about five years. And th- that's a common thing in hockey, where teams will shift affiliations every five years or so. Unless you got a team like uh, the Bridgeport Islanders. Now the Bridgeport Islanders used to be the Br- Bridgeport uh, Wolfpack, or not the Wolfpack, Sound Tigers, my bad. And they this year changed their name to the Islanders, but they've been with the Islanders for 20 years. I think Hartford Wolfpack, that the Hartford team, because it's been changed a couple times over the years, that has been with the Rangers for several years. A lot, There are a lot of teams that have been with their franchises for well over 15, 20 years, but a lot, there are other teams like the Devils have been uh, guilty of this that have new affiliations every five years or so. So the Utica Comets are now the Devils farm team, but technically it's two different franchises. That's the weird thing. But yeah. what we were talking about with minor league baseball, going back to that, it's I guess you can say it's a lot more stabilized. But yeah, it, it just I the thing I appreciate as the as the person who's not really aware of the minor league system in baseball or hockey, which is why Nooch kind of took over a little bit there. I love the team names and the logos. See, that's one thing that minor league baseball does that the G League in the NBA doesn't. Yeah. The one, it's the one thing that the AHL and a lot of minor league hockey teams don't really do. Even the ones that are uh, the junior, the semi-pro teams, they don't really do. Yeah. I, I just, it, as, a, as a person who's trying to get into this, it's just, it's a lot to look at, but I'm, I'm doing my best here. So as far yes. as it's, I feel like I'm going to reach a whole new level of fandom one day, but until then... Yeah, because there were teams like, I know, who who lost it? Houston. They have now, it's, their AAA team is in Sugarland, which I don't think that's where their team was originally before or entering this season. Had a team like Minnesota, who, I'll be honest, I don't know where their team was last year, but they took a independent team and turned them into their AAA farm club now. Mm. So they took a huge leap. Uh, the Yankees did the same thing with their double-A team. You know, in the terms of the Trenton Thunder going from a double-A team to now independent, the Yankees' new double-A team, the Somerset Patriots, were independent, and now they're a double-A affiliation. So a lot of these, there's a lot of teams that shifted around and have new partnerships. Like San Francisco Giants, they had a team in San Jose that I believe was their AAA team, or it was somebody's AAA team. And they went from, because it was the Fresno Grizzlies, no, somebody had the Fresno Grizzlies, my bad. Somebody had the Fresno Grizzlies as their AAA team, and then now they are either single A 
like low A or not even represented anymore. And a lot of this was because if you looked at the system entering this year, there were so many minor league teams. And a lot of these organizations would have upwards of maybe more than 300 players. Mm. So a lot of this was cost-cutting. Well, I wouldn't say cost-cutting because this was pre-pandemic. They like they knew they were going to do this, but I think it was like postponed a year or two because of the pandemic. So the point was like they were going to cut down minor league teams, hopefully cut down costs and try to get some of their teams closer cuz that's the one thing with minor league sports in general. If you're a major league team, you might get a short end of the stick and have your farm team half the country almost fully the full country away from you. So that's what a lot of this has done. Yeah, and and from what I've been looking at, it, it seems like there are a lot of teams that just don't make sense where they are geographically, like you said. A lot of teams, especially in baseball, from what I've been trying to understand, you know, they, they it's you trade people, like people in the farm system, prospects. Yes. And and you package them in deals where you trade prospects to other teams and all this stuff. So I, I really like the way that it's kind of like they use those, not just, you know, not just players, but they're able to kind of build up farm systems and kind of, there are some teams that are better at building a farm system and kind of developing that way. And then by the time they come up to the majors, they have a lot of these good players that they basically develop through the system. And it's kind of, it's kind of a nice way to build your team from the ground up. Yes, and uh, Major League <clears throat> Baseball is like a whole different monster because when you're drafted in the first round, although technically, I mean, like, technically you're not guaranteed no. a Major League roster spot immediately. Like, no one is, unlike, like, MLB is the only sport where your first round draft picks are not going to play for you. Well, actually, I'd argue NHL kind of is like that, too. A lot of players will, unless you're, like, top five, top I would 10. say. Top ten. Usually, you you're sent down to develop in the minor uh, in the most of the time no most, of those, no most of those guys um that first season get sent back to their junior team well yeah but they're they not in, they're not on the nhl roster playing i mean one. a lot of those top five guys top 10 guys are so yeah. still mlb has no one yeah and, well, it's, and it's the actually... Other, the oh. other system... Oh, sorry. I mean, no, I no. apologize for cutting you off. Like, the thing is, like, with the NFL and the NBA, they don't have, like, a legitimate minor league system. Like, the G League is a whole nother league. It's more of a... The G League is more of a league to restart your career. It's not a developing league. Or you go overseas, you go play more. Yeah, like, if you leagues. want... Well, most of the basketball players that get drafted, it's only two draft picks. Yeah. And they they're definitely on that training camp roster. And the NFL, it's the same thing. You're pretty much all your draft picks. They're hell. They sign on on drafted rookies. Yeah, and they also they're picking from college. They're yeah, going. there's no like the only way in the NFL and the NBA to develop your players is to give them playing time on your you know your starting rosters. Yeah, and it's actually really interesting looking at those four sports and how they treat high end draft picks versus like yeah. Let's just let's just take it as like every let's look at each sport with. Just first round picks, like, yeah. like like the cream of the crop, basically. Like NFL, the NFL, yeah. NFL, you're a first round pick. You're expected day one to be a contributor. You're expected on the field. You're expected. Yeah. You're expected to make an impact, especially. A, let's go top ten. Let's even narrow it down a little more. Top ten players. Chances are you're you're yeah. gonna be starting. And they at, get paid that big contract. I yeah. think they're the highest paid rookies 
in all of for American Major League sports. Yeah, and I remember I was I forgot what the top dollar is for a rookie contract for baseball, but it's a lot the, the, different. Well, the thing is, it's not a rookie contract; it's a minor league contract. Well, and yeah, a but a lot of them are just like like if you play MLB the show, you'll see like a lot of them are just one year. Most you'll see is like a hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. But the guy. Well, they're gonna the, make their money at some yeah, point. Yeah. A lot of those younger players, and those are the the better younger players. Like if you have like a career minor leaguer, he's gonna get like four hundred thousand maybe no. over a couple year deal. But those draft picks coming out of college or getting no more no more than like a hundred twenty thousand yeah. on a one year deal. Well for yeah, for baseball you're I feel like it it kinda makes up for it in the long run when you get to the major league if you get there. Yeah. Because... I would say major league is the major leagues are the hardest of the leagues to make. Yeah. Because of Well rightfully so. It, it should be Yeah. How many like like how many minor leagues you have to go through? Because most likely you're gonna play that rookie ball. Yeah. And then depending on where they play yeah, you, you play rookie, then you play low a well some some a. may go straight to double a it depends on like how like developed they are yeah like if you're a top 15 draft pick you'll probably start out in either high single a or double a and with hockey you can't like they can't develop them in-house like they can't be sent to the ahl unless they're 21 yeah. like, if you're under 21 you have to go back to where like they have 10 games through themselves that's one thing i like about hockey is that you get signed to an entry-level contract it's called and that the top players are are getting nine hundred ten thousand, like nine hundred. Yeah, I remember it was like nine when I was just under a million. Probably. Yeah, not not like not like this is exactly accurate, but playing the NHL, the the Xbox game that yeah. I have, it's it's always like nine hundred thousand. Yeah, that's for like your top. top guys, and they're all three year deals. Yeah, and like the thing is. If you have 10 games to prove yourself, and it's not like, you know, in the NBA where it's a 10-day 10, 10 deal or tryout. I mean, it, it is a tryout in hockey, but it's not a tryout contract. So the thing is, you have 10 games to prove yourself, and if they don't keep you after those 10 games, you get sent back to where uh, whatever minor league system, not minor league, but um, major junior team you came from. Yeah. Like if you came from the WHL, the OHL, or if you came from Sweden or that, you get sent back, and you don't get that rookie year. So, like, that's what I like about it like like jack hughes right 2019 2020 let's say after 10 games or right before 10 games they decide you know what we got to send him down yeah we don't think he's ready but he goes back to the u.s national development program and he doesn't get that rookie year which is good so he still has three years left on his deal yeah um, i mean i i feel like part of it is kind of like how can you cons- it's kind of like not like not exactly the way that this is, but like in college football when they redshirt a player so they get that extra year out yeah, of them. Yeah, it's yeah. I feel like it's similar to that, but there there are it's some similar. nuances in yeah, there. Yeah. Like hockey, like like I said, you get to prove yourself. For 10 games and this is not including the training camp games no. and i could only imagine games. how much harder it is for like someone outside the first round because yeah especially in like football or, or i should say baseball yeah i was gonna baseball, say football you second round players are still doing pretty well yeah, hell well. you could be a seventh round obviously we go to tom brady like he's a yeah. the last pick of sixth round and he is arguably the most successful nfl player of all time the the bane of my existence as a Steelers fan. Yes, but and as recent years a Packers. I mean, yeah, he. You guys had that one rough <laughs> NFC playoff game last yeah. year. I don't think Aaron has ever been Tom Brady. He's been the Patriots, but he hasn't been Tom Brady. Yeah, I, 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 Tom Brady's great. Tom Brady is arguably the greatest player of all time, and I think that part of the reason why we hold Tom Brady in such a high regard I is say, because. 
I, I don't want to cut you off. Yeah, go for it. But for me, the greatest is different from the most successful. Yeah. Obviously, he's the most successful player of all time. He, I think him and Rodgers are tied on MVPs, and the same thing with Peyton Manning. I think Peyton has five. Oh, I thought he had four. Peyton, it's either four or five. but Yeah, Rodgers just got his third, and I think Brady has three. But with the Super Bowls and the Pro Bowls and all that, like Tom Brady, you guys are probably hearing, that's uh, Julian on the, um, the high-tech machine. Peyton has five, yeah, three for Brady. Rodgers should have gotten his third this year. Rodgers has two. Really? He had... He had the one last year, and then it. Oh wait, it doesn't say what year he actually got it. I legitimately thought he had three. But just, the point I was trying to make is just that, keep talking. <laughs> yeah, for me, greatest. When you say greatest player of all time, talent levels have to be also considered. And don't get me wrong. Yes. Yeah, oh no, time. he is a three. Yeah. yeah. Eleven, fourteen, and twenty. I yeah. guess it didn't update. But um, but, yeah, no. For me, like, Peyton, Ma- Peyton Manning has five, which. Like, in terms of actual quarterbacks, I'm not saying Tom Brady's bad. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely top 10 quarterback. He's top all five. Top like, three. In terms of talent-wise. Okay. Because I would put Peyton ahead of him. I'd probably put, definitely put Rodgers ahead of him. I'm not going to put Favre ahead of him. I am I think I might put Montana ahead of him. You know, I, I was thinking... These uh, are talent-wise. I'm not talking about on-field success. On-field success, Brady is hand in Oh, you want to talk off. talent? We can go back a little bit. I, you, I would Johnny say that... Unitas? United. He is a very good Bart Starr. I Bart Starr. I don't think had he had a longer career, no. especially with Lombardi, he would definitely be in there. I'll pull. I'll pull a crazy time. name out of the hat. People. A lot of people haven't heard of this. Back in the '60s, there was a quarterback that the everybody the, knows on Fox now, named Terry Bradshaw. No, no. <laughs> I honestly thought you would say Terry. <laughs> oh Bradshaw. no, no, no. So I believe it was the Bengals or the Browns. It was one of those, you know, orange and white and. You know, yeah. those teams back in the day, there was a quarterback named Greg Cook. and That name sounds familiar. So part of the issue is he, he was this All-American. He was like this really, he was highly regarded. He, was, he had amazing talent. There was one day he was playing a game. I want to say it's against the Bears, where they just destroyed him. They destroyed his throwing shoulder. And the archaic surgery techniques of the 1960s and 70s, he never was able to recover. Unlike you see nowadays... Peyton Manning, when he had the spine fusion, it would—it's unheard of back in that time that anyone would go yeah. through that and you know he go back the, to playing. He played for the Bengals, like he, he did play for them. So he had, let's see. Despite Cook went on to pass, he never—he never reached his true potential after that injury. And he was—he was kind of the precursor to like Ken Anderson and those. He did Bengals. have a rotator cuff injury. Yep. And it says after the season during the surgery, it was revealed Cook also. had had a partially detached bicep muscles. After the three operations proved futile, he retired. So yeah, he, he, the point is, yeah. He was a great talent. Too. I remember I, I was watching highlights on him, and he was he he was the next. Yeah. A lot of people were saying he was Joe Montana before Joe Montana. You know, you know what I say. You know what I was thinking. You were going actually. Oh, I forgot his name. But there was a quarterback What's for he? the Eagles back in the eighties. Cunningham. Uh, not Cunningham. Somebody else. And they had played because I watched a video on it recently, and it was called the most brutal football game ever played, and it was between. Washington and Philly. Oh, you're saying the bo- not the body bag game. Yes, the body bag. Oh, game. it was the body bag. Oh yeah, because yes. you said Eagles and uh, Okay. It was like 
the one. It wasn't Jaws. I don't think it was Jaworski that was playing. No, 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 it wasn't him. Like it got to the point where they needed a third quarterback because at the time you couldn't have three quarterbacks on the roster, and they put in a guy who played quarterback in college. But or was it? It was the tables would turn. Hmm. Buddy Ryan was the eagle. See, I hate if there's one person I hate in football, it's Buddy Ryan. He like was horrible to his players. I loved Buddy Ryan. He was he loved his defense. He loved his defense, but like that's what ruined the Houston Oilers. Well, so because he put his defense over the you know uh, the offense, and like he wasn't even head coach; he was defensive coordinator. Well, no, I think you're thinking of the Bears. No, no, no. He was. Uh, oh, the, you're talking before with Kevin Gilbride and that whole thing. Well, I'm he, talking about was it Kevin? Um, it was Kevin Gilbride. Him and uh, Buddy Ryan and him got into an altercation on the sideline. Yeah, it it was under the under the uh the what do you call it? It was with the Houston Oilers. Yeah, no, no, that was I believe that was Kevin Gilbride and him on the sideline. Yeah, but, it was Gilbride, but the thing was like he it wasn't like a team aspect. Like it was all about the defense for him. Yeah, and like he well he's the he defensive guy. Shit. Well, he didn't. I almost cursed right there. Um, he didn't care about his you know his team's offense. Yeah. Like well, no, if he you're didn't. A coordinator, right? Like yeah, you. You know, you emphasize your defense, but you're not going to go out and try to hurt your team's offense. Like that's what he would do during practices, and he was ruthless. To be fair, a lot of play, a lot of co- teams back there, back then. When you think of how teams were built, he was defense. You had to be ruthless. They were. I mean, look at the Raiders back in the day. I think, but he was like, like he went to horrible levels to be ruthless it, with it, hit, running the team or running the defense. Well, let me let me say this. Obviously, we both know Rex Ryan and Rob Ryan, both very def- uh, defensive-minded yeah, yeah. coordinators. Look at the defenses they had, especially let's, let's even go Rex Ryan. They had a great defense. Honestly, the reason that the Jets were in yeah, those AFC championships, it wasn't. Uh, it, Mark Sanchez was masked by a lot of what the defense was able to do, so he didn't have to be a superhuman. Well, they quarterback. didn't develop him. They didn't develop him to be the quarterback. Well, that's the thing. And then they brought in L- uh, Ladanian Tomlinson to basically. I mean, the point to, is, like, they didn't. He didn't respect their his team's offense. Like, as a defensive coordinator or as a coordinator in general, you should. I believe you should at least respect your team's. You know, people on the other side of the ball. And, like, they should be friends. Like, they shouldn't hate each other. Well, uh, honestly, you look at great defenses with subpar offenses, the defense gets very agitated with the fact that the offense <laughs> can't do anything. You look at, you could look, the Packers have been through the last 10 years. They've had an amazing offense with a under, yeah. worse than subpar defense. It breeds a lot of hatred, and it breeds, but not even a, hatred. There but, wasn't a hatred between them, too. It was more just like, we're doing our part. It's so frustrating that the other side can't But improve. I don't think, but the thing is, Buddy Ryan did not like like there wasn't a respect level there yeah that's what i'm just trying to say like there wasn't a respect level like i feel like if you're a head coach and if you see like one side's like not performing to the well as well as they should like there should be not like a yeah it's frustrating but you shouldn't like belittle that other side of the team you should try to help them well i i think of it like this and you know football is a quote-unquote man's game it's a lot of you know a lot of the times you're, you're supposed to be rough and tough like you're not really thinking like oh i shouldn't belittle but this I'm, I'm talking they about, want to win and i i completely respect that i'm but, talking about like 
with people on your team. No, I, I agree. I I agree with you, but there is a point where you have to look around and you're like, we're busting our butts out here, and the other side of the ball is not helping us win games. So you kind of I I'll give you an example about. 20 years ago when Tony Dungy was the um, coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he built up this great defense with Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, you had Ron Are you Ron talking Bay about Barber. the year uh, they won the championship or no? The, well, this is before. when. So what happened was they had Tony Dungy to build up the defense. Tony Dungy could not get them their offense humming, so what they did was they fired Tony Dungy. They brought in the Raiders coach... John Gruden to ah, help yeah, with the yeah, offense yeah. because he had he had a very sophisticated offensive mind. Was Dungy the head coach or was he the assistant coordinator at the time? When Gruden came in, yeah, well, right before Gruden came in, was he, he was the he was the head coach. See, like that's what like, and then he went to Indianapolis, and you know. that's why I like certain coaches. Like, um, I mean, Bill Belichick has to be brought out there. Um, I know a lot of people will be like, oh, but the team sucks. Like, not even, like, NFL-wise. I'm talking about college. Like, I love how Shiano is a coach. Yeah. And I know. It's like, oh, what are you talking about Rutgers? Oh, they suck. The thing with Rutgers is that he, like, Shiano instills family. And, like, it's not even just, like, oh, we're a family. That, it, it's an acronym, too. Forget about me. I love you. And, like, that that just shows, like, no matter how hard it's going to get and no matter how bad it might get, we're going to stick together. We're well, in this together. I would say that that kind of mindset as a coach, it, it it's more suited for a college than for NFL. I mean, I say for the NFL, like, there should be somebody like that or at least, like, a system like that because, like, the strong a team is only as strong as his weakest link, I think is the saying. I mean, with the NFL, you're a weak link. They're going to find someone else but yes i i understand what you're trying to say like uh, what i'm saying is just like if you're a team you shouldn't be putting down or like you should like there's a difference between criticism and like constructive criticism and like just whining well i would say there's there's a code especially in football criticize behind closed doors don't put it out in the yeah, media oh, yeah, don't yeah, yeah, yeah. and that i i think a lot of players especially as, much as, like, as the steel as as a steelers fan i'll i'll put my two cents in here ben roethlisberger he looks at himself he's the elder statesman he's the guy who's been around he's the guy who's won the super yeah. bowls and everything put aside the fact that he had amazing defenses to get him there in 05 and 08 when they won it but you look at him now, and he's like, listen, I've had I mean, this championship wrong. success. Like, I don't mean to cut you off, but don't get me wrong. It's not like they had a horrible offense. They had a, an at best or at worst average offense. Well, back in in 05 and 08 when they were when they were uh, winning, they relied like they, a lot like, of teams. Well, like a lot of teams defense, did. Yes. No, but not even just defense. They had a, a good running game. Yeah, yeah, Jerome yeah. Bettis. You had yeah. Billy Parker before he flamed out a bit. But you had these great players. So, like, it's almost like Ben's like, oh, I was here when we won. I know what it takes to win. But he's not realizing that a lot of the reason that they won is because of how the team was built. Yeah. Once the Steelers became pass all the time, let's get the, especially in last uh, last season, you saw what happened when they played the Browns. They went down yeah. 28-0 because all they could do is pass. They couldn't run the ball. And their defense was playing from behind because Ben kept making errors that's, on offense. That's a lot of the, the Packers' problems from up until before, I would say, 2019. 
season because they were just a past team. Well, now and they like, have Aaron that was Jones. A, that was a lot of the a lot of the I don't want to say rivalry, but like a lot of the combustible elements with Rodgers and McCarthy was that like Rodgers I I believe he's gone on record to say this that when McCarthy's would sometimes call a play, it would be so bad that he'd have to change Audible it at, to, yeah, yeah, change it at the huddle and it would just be like the same pass play three times in a row. And that the Packers relied so much on Rodgers. And I'll, I'll be honest, like, there were times, like, if Rodgers got hurt, I wasn't even sure if we'd win a game because of how much the Packers relied on Rodgers. And, I, like, a lot of those mid-2010 mid teams were built, like, they would be built through the draft, but then they wouldn't be re-signed. Yeah. Like, you'd see a lot of guys, like, imagine if the Packers still had Casey Hayward or Micah Hyde mm-hmm. or uh, a lot of these, especially it happened a lot with the defense that a lot of our top defensive players would leave because Ted Thompson wouldn't want to pay them. Well, and that's the problem with nowadays, I mean, compared to how things were back in the day before the salary cap and everything, it was very easy to keep a team together. I, I do was, agree. It's, but it, it, if you look at it baseball, it's like it's easier for the more profitable teams to keep a team together. If you look at it from before the salary or, uh, you know, the non-profitable teams, like imagine if Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Jacksonville, would they even still be there if there wasn't a salary cap? No, because they would lose all their top players and that team would have moved wherever they would have moved. Well, I feel like, I, I hate to say it like this, that is one of the downsides of how baseball is structured without a salary cap. You are kind yeah. of, you are kind of like the teams that were very successful, the brands that are very successful, you know, you're getting more resources yeah. than the other teams. And that's why, as a non Yankees fan, it frustrates me all the time when. Well, it, 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 people use the Yankees as like the scapegoat. But don't forget, like, there are teams like the Cubs and the Boston Red Sox and the Philadelphia Phillies. And now, like, hell, even in the New York Mets. Like, even when, you know, their fans were playing, oh, our owners don't pay enough or, you know, they don't go out and spend. They were still one of the top, like, they had one of the, like, at least the top ten payroll. They still did. Like, the Yankees get, like, the scapegoat because they were technically, like, the first to do it. But then once every team started doing it, the Yankees still got, like, land blasted. Like, the Dodgers, Phillies, Cubs, Red Sox. There's a lot of teams that also do it because they are some of the more profitable teams in baseball, too. But it's just, no one more than the Yankees, and that's why. <laughs> I mean, at the last 20 years, one championship, that's, come on. I know. Well, it, wh- uh, but, like, the point I'm just trying to make, especially with the salary cap, is that, oh, what, you got something to say? Well, no, I was, I was going to say, when is the ne- when do you think the, a team is going to get to 27 world titles? Well, there's a team in the Stanley Cup that can make it 25. That is true. Well, the Canadians are... Uh... Yeah, just to end on, like, the salary cap thing. Like, it, well, if we do end it. Listen, folks, we don't. We just have what are we gonna talk about for us. That's it. So whatever, whatever we get is what you get. Which actually, ironically, is not the thing we started on, but we we kind of came around. That's to not it. the thing that we were going to start on. But <laughs> so what I just want to say about the salary cap is that the thing it's supposed to make like I feel like salary caps are good for sports because it adds a whole level of... Well, levels things out like, a bit. Yeah, it does level things out a bit because not only is there a max, there's also a minimum. So there's also, like, like there's a range for teams to be competitive at. Yeah. And, like, then you get teams like Chicago, the Blackhawks. Like, I know you're a Blues fan and you don't like me talking about, you know, your biggest rivals. <laughs> 
But then you got teams like the Blackhawks and the Lightning, who are some of the better teams in the league. Now, obviously, the Blackhawks haven't had a lot of success recently, but specifically with the Lightning, like they have been over the salary cap through injury reserve or just like hovering right underneath it or right above it or whatever. Right above the, the minimum. Right above the minimum. Yeah. No, no, right above the max or right below the maximum. Below the maximum. There we go. They are obviously one of the better teams in the NHL. If not, probably the best team under the, you know, the original Eastern Conference. And they are just underneath that ceiling. And, like, every year it's just like, oh, my God, what are the Lightning going to do? How are they going to restructure the team? Are they going to blow it up because they're, you know, under the paywall? Well, I feel like after this year they're going to have to look at they're going to make some big decisions. And the same thing with Toronto. They don't have a lot of cap. Oh, Toronto is going to have to blow it up, I feel like. They're they're Uh, not going to. That's why you always, you're going to hear a lot of trade talk about either Marner or Nylander. I think Marner is more like to be he shipped more, out first. He is the better pr- person to get shipped out, but Kyle DeBoss has said they're not going to move him. So, well, uh, yeah. And he also said, he pretty much said that the three untouchables on that team are Marner, Matthews, and Tavares. So that kind of leaves Nylander out there in the open. And Nylander, if I'm right, is only a year older than Marner. Well, you have to really think about it this way. You Do you want a better return or do you want to maybe have an easier time restructuring things. If you want to if you want to restructure things, obviously you want to keep Marner. Nylander's going to go. Yeah, Nylander, if you want to get a little well, more I mean, if Nylander goes, right? If you want to yeah, if you want to give up the better the better um player and get maybe get a little more out of it, Marner's yeah. going to be the guy to go. I'll tell you right now, Nylander's going to go and they're going to have about 9 million to play with. Yeah. Cuz I think he's at around 8 to 9 million and the thing is he is like he's young he's only like 26 yeah. And, like, if you send them out to a team, like, a team like the Devils could take that contract on. Because as right now, I believe the Devils actually have the most cap space. Well, the They're Devils are a bunch of babies it. playing on the ice. Well, they they are the youngest team in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, that's what And that's a godsend from about five, six years ago when they were the oldest team. Like, the year they had Yager, they were the oldest team because they had guys like Yager. Well, yeah, Yager, like Yager drives up... Drives up the average on his they own. They had Brodor. That was Brodor's last year as a devil. Yeah. And... You know what frustrates me, though, with, with just looking at cap, like, just the cap situation? I look at hockey. I look at football. Obviously, two of the t- sports that have a cap, a salary cap. It seems like, and this is just a frustration of mine, and we're going to probably go into this, obviously, yeah. because of uh, playoffs going on. Basketball, when you want to build that super team, it just seems like it, it's so easy for teams to basically strip their roster to bare bones, bring in a couple superstars, and yeah. then you kind of just put role players around them and you have yeah. like it's like your team is just completely different. Well I think I've noticed with basketball it's not like long term planning. Oh it's you, not like you're you're doing this for a building. couple years. Yeah, it's just like you're all in and you know what, this is just gonna help boost sales for about ten years. Yeah. And I mean then you get to a like if your team doesn't do that, you get to a situation like uh the New Orleans Pelicans. For those that don't know there was a story this week that said now they weren't listed uh, like there is nothing uh, like we're I, i'm just gonna put that put uh put this out there as a disclaimer there is nothing that says they are going to do this or they are 
very likely to do this, but the way they worded the article is that it kind of seemed like if there was a bet, right? Yeah. Like if you put a bet on all 30 NBA teams, who was the most likely to relocate? And the common answer was the New Orleans Pelicans. So they, like, I just want to reiterate, they, there is nothing that suggests they are going to move. But people list them as the favorites. If there was another relocation, that is their who they that is who people believe is going to be the team that moves. Yeah. And basketball, I feel like it's pretty static as far well, I mean pretty much at this point in, in sports quote unquote history, I guess if you want to look at it this way. Most most leagues are pretty static. It's not like you're moving teams all over the place. Um obviously, you know, the expansion in the NHL, well, you have new teams coming in, yeah. which isn't really relocation it's just it's just the The thing with i think the sports teams now is like a lot of those teams have stadiums that are at least under 30 years old yeah and they are equipped for the modern day ball fan like even you'll get a team like i know the yankees did this a number of years ago where they renovated a little bit cut out some obstructing seats in the bleachers i know the indians did a renovation a number of years ago to add like it was like almost like a deck party place in uh upper right field i know uh, the jaguars they added that whole pool on that one end zone. Like a lot of teams, even with like older stadiums, even it's these crazy. There's yeah. the uh, which is the baseball field that had I th- I don't know if it's still a thing. They had like the fish. That was right Miami. Behind. That and was Miami. When Derek Jeter came in, he took it out. Yeah. He also took out that stupid statue. I just remember seeing. <laughs> I was just like looking. I was like, "Why would you have fish behind home plate?" It's like yeah. you. It's like you want to scare that. Like, oh, this ball. Like, what if the ball hits the hits the? Uh, oh, tank, I think but... it was like a very thick glass. Oh no, I, I'm sure even, it was. It but... wasn't even glass. I think it was like plastic. So like, just it give wasn't... the give the fish PTSD. Or it was like fiberglass. Like, yeah. yeah. I well, I, from what I heard, like it wasn't like bad enough. Like the glass was thick enough to not like be able to disturb the fish. Yeah. But, but, but like, like, why? It, it's almost like a lot of these amenities that, you know, the, these it, these stadiums want to be cutting edge or, like, they want to have something wanna... that nowhere else has. It's like, yeah. you have to you have to really think, like, it's like these uh, mad scientist ideas that, that you hear I mean, about. like, there are some teams, like, I know that I'm going to bring it back to my team, but the Devils, when they built Prudential Center, they built a practice arena on site. And that was the first team to actually have a practice arena on site. Yeah. And then they were teams like I know I believe Pittsburgh did it as well eventually um I don't know why Edmonton's coming up and Columbus I think got one close but it wasn't or at least attached one to the arena but it wasn't originally built as yeah. part of the but arena. that makes sense like things yeah. like that make sense to have it there are teams like that do that but then you know there are teams like you know like the Marlins with the the fish like you the were fish about. tank of doom the Jaguars <laughs> and the Diamondbacks they both have pools yeah I don't get that then <laughs> Tampa Tampa has the petting zoo for the uh of the stingrays <laughs> out in center field. Like, there's a lot of things. I mean, I, I get it. It's a, it's another attraction. and It's and just, like, it's kind of like if you go back to the 70s. Like, they've been doing this since the 70s. Like, I know the Oakland Athletics. It hasn't been this e- e- eccentric, though. Was it, was it Oakland? No, it was the Chicago White Sox. My bad. I think they were playing Oakland. Chicago White Sox? Their owner back then was, like, known to do that. Like, he was the first one to have pyro for a home run. Yeah. He was the first one. Like, he did the infant miss disco night do you remember that it sounds familiar actually. it was it wasn't disco night but it was like right in the 80s or it was the early 70s whenever what was disco disco was disco the 70s. was 70s 80, early 80s yeah so like that first year of 19 like it was like 1981 
he had a promotion that was like destroy the disco or forget the disco night and it's just basically what they were going to do was everybody was going to bring in like disco themed stuff and they're going to put it in center field and blow it up mm. and it went so bad that they did that and then a lot of people just stormed the field and they were just yeah. like it got bad and they actually lost the game like they got forfeited their game because of that it's almost like you hear about some of these like crazy ideas of sayings but then you also think about like some of the promotional nights that yeah. like like something like that is crazy to think about and then there are like just traditions that like there are things like do. wrestling nights yeah. like they'll these teams will sometimes like i know uh what was it was it it was a sports team I think it was like Detroit Tigers. They had a wrestling night. Oh, it was, I I want to say it was a it was like a major league baseball team, and they had a sports night or a wrestling night. And before the show, they had like an actual wrestling card outside the uh, the stadium. Just set up a couple chairs outside and a little. Well, no, little... no, it, it was it was like a legitimate like indie indie show. Oh, okay. And but it wasn't like an actual prom- indie independent promotion. It was just like it wasn't like Detroit Tigers. You know, it was just like Detroit Tigers wrestling night and they were just running their own show before the show and it was just like you know independent and obviously your older uh superstars like you know from the 90s and 2000s and all that but then um like the reason why i brought up the white Sox guy because another thing he did was actually directly related to on-field product he for some reason changed the uniforms of the white Sox to like make them look old school so they had like retro night or something no no it wasn't retro night it was like their legitimate like uniforms like their home and road uniforms. Yeah. It was like they made them look like from the 1920s. And they were polos with the buttons. And it said like shy across the front. Or it said like socks across the front. And it had a collar. And like it basically kind of looked like a European soccer uh, jersey uh, with buttons. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, not uh, soccer, rugby I should say. Well, I, I, I get what you're saying, yeah. yeah. And then they had shorts. They were professional baseball players wearing shorts. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. That, oh, like, that destroyed their knees. And I know another thing was... Well, yeah, um, you're sliding, you know. You're... Yeah, one thing is that um, the Oakland A's owner, he also owned the Oakland Seals NHL team. And one of the things that he required that they do was wear white skates. I don't know why they looked ugly, but, like, some of these, like, weird promotions go back to the 60s and yeah. 50s and well people didn't have much of a fashion sense but it was then. just <laughs> it was just to bring people into the games yeah just to add a little bit of flair but obviously yeah. some some are more successful than others yeah some of the things that like when we talk about Japanese baseball yeah. uh, I forget how many episodes ago it was but when I talked about um, like some of the things they do during the 7th inning stretch they have the umbrellas yeah. that little umbrella dance that's a cool little thing well and I, I think of it like this and, and to kind of make it a tad more relatable in my sense. Um, I mean, you look at American crowds in wrestling versus Japanese crowds. It's, yeah, they're they're it's very the different with how they. Opposite. Yeah, like when it comes to baseball, the American crowds are usually more quiet. They're more subdued. Yeah, they're more subdued. Japanese baseball fans, I would actually consider more like not like American wrestling fans, but uh, European soccer fans. Yeah, where they they get they, into it. They get into it and they're chanting without the rioting, without the meanness, because the difference. But that's between what makes fun. The difference between European soccer and Japanese baseball is that Japanese baseball, like, they'll do the chants and all that during, like, throughout the entire game with the supporters sections and everything. Yeah. But I saw a video of, it was the Tokyo... 
Vault Swallows, and I forgot who they were taking on. But it like it was after the game. The supporter sections were still in their like sections, but they were like congratulating each other's sport supporter sections for a game like a well played game. Yeah, you don't see that in American like sports. Yeah, you, like you, you won't see like they, no. like they line up for a handshake. Well, like they do it on the. F- Oh, well, no, I'm they saying, won't I'm do joking. it in the stands. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but at least from the rambunctious or rambunctious, rambunctious. Yeah. The point I was trying to make is that yeah, the Japanese are more in terms of baseball or more vocal and more energized. Yeah. And when it comes to wrestling, the American fan is more energized and the depends what you're watching, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it depends on which company or which product you're watching, but the Japanese fan is a lot more quiet and a lot more respectful yeah. and a lot they're tuned to what's going on into the ring. But then again, that's how like the com- like the companies themselves are completely different. Well, yeah, I do- I remember watching a New Japan Pro Wrestling match and it's very like when they hit a spot, when they when they do when they hit a spot right, and they, yeah. they, they they'll just clap. They'll, they'll clap. just yeah. They they're not like it'll, yeah. it'll be they're like not, a, it'll be like a, oh yeah. It's just kind of like it's it's like a because subtle thing, very, but it's 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 almost like you're getting this completely different atmosphere than yeah. an, than American like eyes wrestling, I guess. I would consider kind of Japanese wrestling to be more in line with like with boxing or MMA without the drunkenness because like boxing and MMA or more I would say boxing fans because a lot of boxing fans are not as like boisterous. Boisterous, or yeah. yeah, either way. But the point is, like, they're not as loud as wrestling fans. Well, they get loud when someone gets knocked down. Obviously, well, yeah, they obviously. Get, and it's the yeah. same thing with Japanese fans, like or Japanese wrestling fans, because if you watch Japanese wrestling and watch American wrestling, the American wrestling is a lot more story elements. Yeah. And Japanese wrestling is a lot more um, of the in-ring action element. Yeah. It's more presented as a sport. And the way I think of it, like with Japanese wrestling or like what you were referring to before, it's kind of like as, as a as someone who is very musical, I think of it like a nice piece of music where you have these yeah. elements. They they play with each other. Yeah. You you hit this crescendo yeah, and yeah, yeah. and that and usually it's the end of the match, assuming no yeah. shenanigans happen. But like. You want to create a beautiful piece of music. You want to create this yeah, this yeah. piece of art as far as a wrestling match. And every, I know we're a sports podcast and we're talking about professional wrestling. It's predetermined. Yes, we know that. But with wrestling and music, like I consider them a lot be alike because everybody has their own sense of style. Yeah. Like everybody has their own flavor. Like when it comes to you know music, some people like rock, some people like rap, some people. Well, like it's kind of like like the sports fan also. Like some there are people who just like football. There are yeah. people who like everything. There are people. Yeah. Who who just like you know cricket? There are I mean, there's something like that we can soccer. agree on. Nobody likes country music. If there's one fan base I'm willing to like piss off, it is the country music fan base. The two fans that they're Nooch, we can't we can't alienate anyone. We're too early. <laughs> I will alienate that country music fan base. Quick story, personal story. We went to we did a road trip to Chicago. Oh, uh, here we go. It's almost. Can you believe it's almost three years it's now? It's crazy to think of it that way. Yeah, I remember. I got I got into an argument with everyone in. It the was- no, it wasn't. I'm not bringing that up. <laughs> um, no, I'm just saying as far as my... You were in a depressed state at that time. A little bit. Not too much. Yeah, you were depressed. That's why you got drunk at the hotel. 
But so you mean me and uh, me and uh, our friend got yeah, yeah yeah. So I mean the story I was just trying to make is that so it was four of us, me, Julian, and two of our other friends. One which may appear on the podcast in the yeah. near future. Shout well, out. No, to... they both might appear. They both might appear, even though one has no idea what the hell sports is anymore. Yeah, we'll get we'll get him as the hot takes guy. Yeah, the hot takes are the guy that had the hot takes that knows absolutely nothing. Max Kellerman. <laughs> yeah, there you I go. like Max Kellerman. I hate either him. way. Oh, okay. I hate him. But um, the point is, so one of our friends only, I would say maybe even only listens to country music outside of maybe like um, he listens to rock, he listens to some other stuff. Yeah. He likes, I, he likes a lot of things, but when it comes to him going on the water, going fishing, going camping or anything, he wants to listen to country. He wants to... But, which, so we were going on a drive, right? And yeah. so one guy likes country music. One guy's like me, who absolutely despises country music. And then and this there's was I the who tolerates it. Yeah, you tolerate it. Yeah. And so we were like, so Julian, the saint that he is, <laughs> decided to, in everybody's best interest, just download and put a bunch of songs onto his, was it iPad or phone? It was on my phone, yeah. And it was just like, whatever, you know, this is for everybody, and this is our list to get us there. And as soon as the country music got on, me and the uh, the driver... The guy who li- did friend, not like country music. Either. Yes, we we were just like, we can't. We have... We can't have this. You guys were asleep at that point. Yeah. But as we soon fell as we, asleep because as yeah. soon as we changed the music, you guys woke up. Yep. So and essentially, like, what happened is yeah, I, we, to tie I this all back it. to the sports. Sports are sports are an acquired taste for yeah, a lot of people, everybody. depending on what kind of fandom you like. But I think I remember we were going to like there are people we were going to all what, in. It was it was all in in Chicago. We were going to yeah. all in in Chicago. What is kind of considered the first ever AEW show. Yeah. Um, wasn't that the second one, the one we went to? No, 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 that was the first one. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure if it was Because the first that one. was technically before AEW. Not to not to give too many details, but I was not at the show. Although, no, we're not going to get into this <laughs> argument now. No, no, we're it wasn't, an, getting into it this wasn't argument an argument. I was just saying, I wasn't at the show. Yes, and I know why, and we're not getting into this argument. Me and, me and my friend were uh, deciding to hang out in the hotel and drink, so... <laughs> That's what we're going to leave it at. That was all uh, I was going to say. The point is, the point is, the sports, uh, like, yeah, sports are for everybody. Like, there are people that like golf. I don't understand that. But, yeah, again. Can, like, it's fun to play it in video games, don't get me wrong. But actually going out and playing actual golf that's not miniature golf, I don't understand how people could do it. Because, first of all, you need to pay, like, 1500 to just to have a membership to one of the golf places. Well, I kind of look at it as, like, oh... An activity that you can still have a conversation. You don't have much to really... It's not as involved as a lot of other sports. And you're able to kind of talk and kind of just have like a gentleman's game, I guess, is the way I to guess. put it. It's but I remember weird. last night I was I was out with a bunch of people for one of my friend's birthdays. Mm-hmm. And I kind of looked around. We were talking about sports. And it was mostly girls there. And I was, yeah. looked around and I looked at one of my friends who's a hockey fan. He... um. I looked at him and I was just like, why do girls, like, I was like, I know some girls like sports, but it's like, why do guys like sports a lot more than girls? And I kind of, in a way, it's kind of more of the, it's hard to really put my finger on it. And I didn't really get a clear answer, but I kind of asked people yeah. who weren't really sports fans and they were just kind of like, well, you know, it, they kind of got into more of the women being marginalized as far as sports, like men versus women. I think it's, women. Go, it's going back to, you know, the origin of sports. 
Yeah. Is that it was more weight, like it was a men thing to do. Like it was a man thing to do. It yeah. wasn't back then, you know, obviously there were man things and there were woman things. I mean, to me, like now, I love how like sports today are like for everybody. You know, I love watching, I like watching any hockey, like sled hockey, women's hockey, men's hockey, like, you know, major junior. I will watch, I could sit down and watch any hockey game. So it's cool. Like for me personally, I believe like in order to grow a game, to to get as like the thing you need to do to grow your game or hell even your business no matter what it is is to get as many as people man woman uh lgbtq no matter what race they are like there should be no barriers and who gets to enjoy your sport because that's how you reach as many people as possible and like it's cool for me to see so many people play my favorite sport of hockey but not just hockey but all sports like baseball football basketball rugby yeah. cricket no it's honestly cool it's good it. to, it's good to see a diverse crowd it's good to not just have a bunch of drunk guys in the stands yelling at people it's good to, it's good to have kind of yeah. not even like we need women there as a counterbalance but it kind of is nice to like, see for me a divert yeah. basically you want a representation of the population you want like when you yeah. think america it's not a bunch of drunk guys they're yeah you know it when you think of any country really it, i remember one of the last games i went to it was the devil's game because it was the the devil's blues game no no i went to uh, one more game after that well for me for me yeah. i just remember like obviously they do the fan the fan cam and they go around and yeah. it, it's nice to see like oh especially that with hockey kids uh, kids there like with their parents it's nice yeah. to see like just you know significant others with each other it's nice yeah. to see like just every different kind of person yeah yeah and then there's obviously the when they do the salute to service and they do the uh they do the military everybody stands up yeah everyone that. stands up everyone like, applauds like it's those little it. things in sports where it's yeah. like it's good to remember that at the end of the day we're all it's humans. for everybody yeah. yeah we're all humans and and like as far as men and women like as far as enjoyment of sports i think that it's good especially like in america and we'll go we we've talked we've touched on soccer in america yes. before it's still insane to me how little advertisement how little compensation how little recognition the United States female team soccer team country, gets yes. compared to the men. And it's just like, you, America, you know, we, we have this this moniker of we're number one. Yeah. Our women's soccer team is number one, yet they don't get no. the recognition I mean, that the hell, men's to be do. honest, like, don't get me wrong, like, they don't get the recognition that the men's do, but the men's don't even get that much well, compared yeah. to the rest of... And that goes back to yeah. just how soccer is viewed in this country, this country as a whole. But And we already had that discussion. Uh, if you guys would like, go back to watch episode two to see that, to see that discussion. So the point I'm trying... The point I was trying to make is that, yes, like, hell, I mean, even, like, with women's hockey. I know I keep on going back to hockey, but women's hockey... Yes, you do. <laughs> Women's hockey, the United States team, is a top two team. Like, with women's, like, with soccer, it's just the United States and everybody else. Yeah. With hockey, it's Canada and the United States and everybody else. Like, yeah, the Russian women are sometimes good. Yeah, the Swedes are sometimes good. Sometimes the Finns are good, but when it comes to women's hockey, it's the United States and uh, Canada and nobody else. But when it comes to, like, the men's teams, like, they just had, like, last month they concluded the men's world championship. And they do this every year and it's usually a bunch of guys like that's why the olympics are so important 
when mm-hmm. it comes to hockey is because with the men, the world's championship, because men's like hockey doesn't have a world cup every four years. Uh, that you know, that's every two years between the world cup. Well, they have the Olympics, yeah. And you know, there's no world hockey classic like in there is in baseball. FIBA, which is uh, the basketball one, yeah, they might be every two years. I don't think they're every cha- every year. Well, the, I think they're building the the national team right now for the U.S. Yeah, well, they, they, the they kind of claim for the Olympics. Yeah, they they've already. I think they've revealed the, like, the, the team is, already. There is like uh, the Olympics is the major for basketball. World Baseball Classic is the biggest for uh, baseball. Obviously, we're the only major country to be a legitimate like threat in football. Like, yeah, there are other countries that play football. Like, I know Japan has a league. UK is trying to get bigger. Oh, another thing. Maybe even later we'll talk about it. Another potential site for NFL Europe or you know a NFL European game. But like I was saying, like football doesn't have like national competition. Yeah. Baseball does. Soccer does. Hockey, Hockey it kind of does, but it's not as big because, like, the biggest national competition is the juniors. Yeah. Like, that's the one that gets the biggest attention because the men's world championship, like, a lot of those teams, like, you'll have, you'll have the Russian team that is usually stacked because their season is usually done by the time that uh, championship starts. So a lot of those teams, you'll have like maybe some AHL guys, maybe some uh, ECHL guys. Yeah, you got. But when it comes honestly, to like I look Canada, at it like I look at it as like you're kind of you get a little bit more idea of especially like when they're drafting the NHL, you kind of get an idea of like how they are. Well, in... the men's championship compared to the juniors, yeah. the juniors happens in December. Yeah. The men's cha- and like the all the junior leagues take like break. For this championship, the men's league, like the men's world championship, that happens in the middle of the NHL playoffs. So you won't have like teams that are stacked. Like especially if you're Canada in the United States, like the United States, some of the top guys was oh yeah, they don't put their best Brian players Hill. on the yeah. Well yeah, because a lot of their best players, especially with Canada, are playing in the playoffs, yeah. the NHL playoffs, and even then, nobody goes to the World Championships. So, like unless you still have like unless like a lot of the teams that send players or a lot of the countries that get players from NHL squads during like the NHL players are guys that were just eliminated or still in game ready mode that they're like you know what I still want to keep on playing let me go play for my country in the world championships oh. that's why the Olympics having NHL players in the Olympics is so huge and monumental is because if you go back to like the 2014 year and the 2010 those Canadian and American teams were stacked no. like they had all and they were the only two countries with all NHL rounds or Russia had I think it was like a nice nice healthy mix of NHL guys and KHL guys like hell Canada they have guys like Crosby and McDavid and Taylor Hall and uh, literally so many people you can name like like they literally have an NHL all-star team then you look at the United States they have a very very good team too and especially now with the younger American talent that's coming up that if they get into the Olympics which they actually I believe the 2022 Olympics will have NHL players which is very good or at least they're working on that so it's um, kind of logistics at that point I, I, as yeah, far as like it's that because the nhl playoffs. doesn't want to the nhl olympics is huge because the talent is going to just increase tenfold because guys like like canada and united states are going to have nhl caliber rosters like all nhl caliber uh, caliber rosters and like especially with canada they're going to have guys like Crosby and mcdavid united states is going to be able to have guys like austin matthews uh potentially even a jack hughes a lot of the top american talent and then, i mean obviously the Can- canadian roster i feel like 
is, Canadian roster. It's a little be, more stacked than it is, but they're not like like the NA, or the United States can compete. Russia can compete with them. Yeah, it's not like they're like it's it, not a it's not a it's runaway not favorite. Like, yeah, it's not like women's soccer or uh, basketball where the United States team is just runs over everybody. Yeah. like if you look at that NBA, like hell, even the American roster, like the American roster for uh, the Olympics this year is going to be stacked, and it's probably gonna have a bunch of like six. Uh, Six guys, number six. Top, men. S- top six, or your? No, 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 no. I'm oh. saying like it's going to be the top roster, no doubt. But they're going to have like, and I'm talking about the basketball Olympics, the men's basketball oh, okay. Olympics. They're going to have a bunch of six guys, and they're still going to be heads, probably heads and shoulders, the best team out there. Yeah, it's just the for some. There's just so much American talent that's there. That well, I mean, there are the foreign send, players that go back and play for their countries. Usually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The top foreign players always go back to play yeah. for their countries, but it's just them. Yeah. Like it's going to be like with Germany when it comes to hockey. The only reason why Germany may make the playoffs or may make may make any competition is because they'll have Drysdale available. Yeah. Like he'll he's going to play no matter what if there's like a German team. But I don't know if there's going to be a German uh, national team. The point is the point I'm trying to make is that with the Olympics, the men's game becomes so much better to watch because it's not like this year's World Championships where it's kind of scrubs. Yeah. Not like like especially like with the United States team, they had Steven Gianta and Brian Royal as their two of their top players. Like, Which, yeah. Come on. Really? Well, you know, America loves a good underdog story. When it, but when it what I'm trying, yeah. trying to say, but then again, somehow Canada squeaked into the knockout round and won the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, so that's what we were talking about Like when it comes to world competition. It makes, going back to your diverse talk, yeah. I just believe the more people, the better. Yeah, no, and it's it's nice to have a wide-ranging net as far as like, oh, we have fans that are not just, you know, this yeah. demographic. It's good to kind of see everyone it's the it's the camaraderie of fans assuming that you're not you know yes belligerent dumb people in the stands just you know pouring beer on people or or getting into fights in the stands but yeah no like i i i i genuinely kind of asked that question kind of knowing the answer but i was also like is there more to it like maybe another perspective and that's why i i kind of asked it's good to answer around it's good to answer around and and that was something that like I like looking at sports from a just kind of a, so, a sociology perspective. Like, why do we like sports so much? Like, yeah, that yeah. would that would be an interesting. Um, that would be that would be an interesting topic to talk if about we have on a round podcast. Table, if we ever have like a roundtable podcast discussion. Yeah, that is definitely a topic. Just like like it seems like such an easy question. Why do you like sports? But like, yeah. you can you can really get the ball rolling and kind of you, you yeah. can get a lot of different. Perspectives a lot of people might have emotional ties to mm-hmm. it. Some people are just like it's their happy place or happy place and like that's where they go to to you know relax calm down other people are like me where you kind of don't know what you're a fan of you kind of just pick a bunch of different teams and just stick with them yeah yeah so we're not talking about college sports so (laughs) or pros i mean really i'm all over the place with everything um (laughs) so one thing i thought about bringing up right Yep. So we were talking about relocation earlier. Yep. So like we said, there was a report that came out that said if people had to choose, the New Orleans Pelicans would probably be the most likely team to relocate if there was another relocation. Now I want to talk about potentially what other sport or what other leagues 
might have like if we were to choose other leagues like what team would we see the most relocating and like if there was a relocation or expansion what would be some of the top choices let's start with basketball since that was the report that came out and we said new orleans right yeah maybe because now especially the sick sacramento kings they were usually like the top team to be eyed for relocation but they built a new arena within the past couple of years so they're probably most likely they're they're most likely out yeah they're most likely staying put especially with basketball because there's 30 teams the nhl now is doing it and the nfl has been it doing this for about almost 20 years now it seems like maybe that magic number for teams may be 32 now instead of 30 yeah i i honestly didn't understand so like i get why they kind of had it that way but i feel like you're you're giving specific divisions less teams to worry about like with the 30 team roster it's it it's like you have two eight team divisions and two seven team divisions as far as far as like well that's most of the that's um with the nhl that's how they did it Uh, that, well, now it's three eighteen divisions well, and one seventeen. Come come July twenty eighth, no, July twenty first. Yeah, it's gonna be eight across the board. Now it's gonna be yeah. With the so, Kraken. for some reason, like, that's how they thought it would make it easier. 32 is just a nice round number. I mean, with the NFL, they have 32. Two, 32, 16 teams in each division, and four teams conference. in each. 16 in each conference, and four teams in each division. Baseball is so 30 they, still. <laughs> baseball is 30, and they finally went to 15 and 15. Yep. So there's one interleague play game every series. Yeah, so it's, it's baseball is five and, NBA, and six divisions. Yeah. yeah, NBA still has the 5-5-5. Five, five, five. So, let's say you're the commander commissioner right yep. and your test with putting let's say we're going to expand your okay. test with putting team number 31 and 32 in the nba okay what cities are you choosing oh simple for one seattle okay i, I mean they had I, a team they obviously it's not even like yes we could have said with the you know the how much they wanted a team yeah like the support is there don't get me wrong mm-hmm. it's just before the kraken came into play mm-hmm. they didn't there wasn't a, like an arena situation going on. Yep. There was no plan for that arena. Like, were they going to rebuild? Were they going to destroy? What were they going to do? Yeah. Now, with the NHL coming in there and with the Kraken totally gutting the arena and, you know, basically building a new arena from scratch, just keeping the roof. And it is a multi-purpose arena. So, they are equipped to have an NBA team there. So, Seattle is with, a hundred to me, a 100% chance that should the NBA either expand or relocate, Seattle will be that option because the mm-hmm. NBA didn't want to leave. Seattle didn't want the team to leave. No. It was just a poor ownership decision. I didn't want Seattle to leave. Nobody I, wanted I was Seattle a, well, to leave. I was a Supersonics fan until they relocated. Then I obviously became it's a Thunder almost, fan because that was the team. Yeah, it's almost uh, in the situation of. So I think we're both agreeing with Seattle on this one. For yes. at least one of the teams. Now, I think the second one we're going to have a bit of a, a different Discussion. opinion on. Um, so, some of the things I look at as far as, like, relocation, if you want to build a team up, you want a place that's a big market, you want to, you know, you're yeah. you're assuming it's going to be a successful team, so the market actually will kind of rise to meet the team, and or the team will rise to meet the market. Yeah. Who would you say? Because I this is one thing that I actually love doing now in the recent basketball games, is that I don't even choose, like, one of the three teams. I expand, and yeah. I because that's one of the things they allow you to 
to do in the NBA 2K franchises. They allowed you to expand to 31 or 32 teams up to 36. So I put in two teams. I put one in Seattle. I want to hear where, what would you put number 32? So I'm going to have a bit of conjecture right now with this whole thing. So a lot of the times when I think of how sports teams are spread out throughout the country, regardless of what sport, the East is usually more packed than the West. The East is a lot closer together in yeah. terms in terms of geogra- uh, geography. That's why I, I'm so I I'm always partial to putting two teams out west. So you put two teams out west. Yep. So that would be seventeen and fifteen. Who would you move from the west to the east to even out the conference? So if I had to, well, and that's the thing. I just like the fact that so if I had to go east for a hockey team. Um, well, no, no, we're talking basketball first. Oh, basketball. I mean, so. You're thinking big cities. You're thinking teams with a lot of a, a market for sports. Well, sometimes you don't even need to have a big market. You could enter a, a smaller market. I, I, I could tell you where I put my second team. Does it start with... Well, okay, yeah, you go first. I, I have an idea. I just want to see what you're thinking. I went with Louisville because Louisville is a very hot basketball town. Oh, yeah, with, the, with college. Been, yeah. Yes, and they've been dying for a an NBA team for a long period of time. Memphis doesn't really because they have memphis they have i believe cleveland is around their area they have a number of locations that do have an nba team around them but they don't have one for themselves and especially if you look at louisville and then the university of kentucky like university louisville university kentucky those are very popular teams so kentucky is a hotbed for basketball and if you look on like people they'll have these lists top 10 teams to put in or top 10 markets to put in expansion usually one and two are seattle and Louisville. Honestly, I was thinking Nashville when I was when I was looking over things. Nashville is a place where you could go either east or west. Yeah. Especially since the one thing about like back before hockey did the um the realignment. So back when they had five five and five mm-hmm. in the conferences, they had they had uh, a central division that was in the Western Conference. Yeah. In the NBA, that central division's in the East, and a lot of those markets were the same. Both had a Detroit team, both had a Chicago team. Yeah. It's just the um, it's just how they decided to align. I mean, it didn't. Yeah. I don't think it did much as far as like skewing support for one for one sport over the other. But it's just... I think the NBA, at least, especially because they don't have as many Canadian markets. I think the NBA was a little more spread out when in terms of their East. Yeah. And like, especially like if you look at it like a map, some of those there's some of those. Midwestern like teams in the West and some of the teams in the East kind of not overlap, but they definitely do come close and they touch. So putting a team there in that market would not be a bad decision. And I think putting a team in the Louisville market, I think would be the best choice, especially for the East, because then you get to put them in the Central. Or you could put them in the Southeast. I mean, Nashville still can kind of work that way. Nashville can work as well, especially for that Southeast market. But I think the thing with Nashville is that, yeah, they... I don't think we're going off of fan support. I think the Louisville... Oh, yeah, Louisville makes more sense if you're looking at fan support yeah. just because of and the, NCAA basketball. Their, their arena the for the, the Cardinals is an NBA-capable arena. Yeah. They can put an well, NBA yeah, the, team there. Uh, so That's one of the biggest things when it comes to expansion or even relocation. You're thinking about where they're going to play. And, uh, Does the, yeah. stadium, the stadium plan is a big thing. So if they already have an up-to-date NBA arena... 
there. Like that's why Seattle pro- makes the most perfect sense. Well, yeah, Seattle because it's going to be one right of there. the most updated arenas out there. It's going to be one of the most state of the arts arenas. So I go with Seattle and, and Louisville. You go and with go Seattle, Seattle and Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. Honestly, and I I kind of wanted to go a little bit into hockey with this. So hockey, I'd say this right now. If Seattle I, didn't get a team, I agree with Seattle getting a team. Okay. I wasn't so on board with Las Vegas getting a team because one, and it's not because the city itself. Like I wasn't worried about like oh would the players gamble on that? No, the players are professionals. They're not going to get in that bad trouble. The thing was support, right? Yeah. I I was under the impression that okay yeah maybe those first couple of seasons are going to be good, but what about five, six, maybe even seven years down the line? Is there especially especially because that was when the um, the Raider move, like that's when it was just starting. You know, I, I honestly think that part of the problem with the Vegas Golden Knights, not that there's necessarily a problem, they've started out up here. Fan support is high it's because of how. Well, here's my question because it's very easy for a team to start out low and get better. What happens with these fans who are like, all they know is success? What happens when they come down and well, they... Well, they are feeling the hardships right now, especially with, you know, these hard playoff losses that they've been dealing with. No, I agree, but it's a lot different losing the playoffs versus, like, being bottom of the heat. No, yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. Like, and I'm kind of curious how loyal is the fan base going to be when they start hitting those bad years where... Like, my biggest problem was, like, my two biggest, like, questions with the, the Las Vegas franchise was, one was... Would I knew the fan sport was going to be high no matter yep. what when it starts, but was it going to last? Because Las Vegas never had a professional sports team, no. so we didn't know how it was going to be, especially in a, in a in a modern market, especially in a city like that. Well, I feel so, like gambling and like Las Vegas and just having that whole strip, people wanted a sports team around there. Yeah, just because so, of uh, you think the gambling and everything. Not like that's yeah. the only reason, but I, I go I, back. I, I pose the I pose the pose the question when they when vegas when the golden knights come off of this like sustained success that they're at how is the how is the um fan base going to respond to that And like another thing i was worried about like i guess this would be maybe point three was that las vegas is a very tourist attraction is a very big tourist attraction so like with a sports team you need that city inner city success like i was scared that the Vegas Golden Knights would be a situation like the Chargers were in the number of seasons in um, Home Depot Center, whatever the hell the stadium is today. Are you talking about where the Galaxy play? Yeah, that building would be like I I was scared like that the Golden Knights would just be a Western home game for some teams or Eastern depending on you know like if they're playing like an LA or Phoenix or something like that. But like that was one of the things I was worried about. And this, like the whole fan, would the fans still be fans? Now we are going to be entering their fifth year, and it's still high, as high as it's been. So that's I mean, I look at it this way: their first year, they went to the Stanley Cup and lost it. Yeah. In the four years, they've gone to two conference semifinals, and then they lost in the second round last year, I believe. Yeah. So realistically, they're averaging essentially a they're definitely the, uh, a four conference years, four finals. Playoff. Yeah, four years, four playoff first. So yeah. that's that's huge. For an expansion yeah. franchise. So, yeah, like you said, what if, you know, when the years, when they start missing out Because those playoffs? are the real years when you're going to when you're gonna find out how supportive is the city, how supportive is the fan base of yeah. you when you hit those hard times. Another question I Are have, they going to be more fickle or are they going to tough it out with you, basically? A bigger question I, I was going to have is, we know that the American pastime now is football. 
Yep. That's the national sport. And when they were up for relocation, or when they were up for accepted as an expansion franchise in the NHL, there was a whole... I think the reason why they went there, especially so quickly, is because they wanted to be the first team to be there. Especially because they knew that the Raiders were potentially going to move there. Yep. So they wanted to beat the Raiders. So... And it felt like within a year, Las Vegas went to having no teams to two. So my question was, how much of the market share were the Raiders going to eat into the Golden Knights? And even though it's only been one season, and it is the Raiders who are not a successful franchise, they... I mean, historically successful, but not right now. Well, I mean, They're relatively right, what successful. I should say <laughs> is I'm talking about profitability, like at least, uh, you know, ring attendance-wise. They haven't been as successful outside of Oakland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't proven themselves outside of Oakland. Yeah. So my thing is what with the Raiders coming in and like how much of the market, like I said, how much of the market share are the Raiders going to eat in to the Golden Knights? And it seems like even though the Raiders weren't that good and I don't think they had fans that entire season, it does seem like the Golden Knights are still Las Vegas' team. Well, I, I look at it this way, and this is this is kind of the way that I think about it with sports. And it kind of goes back to our yeah. whole fan talk before. You're If you're a fan of hockey, you're not going to look at a football team coming in and be like, oh, this is some... I don't think it... I think, I, think my, our, I think my biggest thing... The, this the, goes back to our soccer talk. Yeah, what you're asking question-wise, I don't think you necessarily need to worry about cutting into the popularity of either team you can you can set you can have both teams in the area and still it's not like they're necessarily going to be fighting for for the town that's exactly what i just said two weeks ago when we did the uh the u.s sock talk that's exactly what i said so now the roles have been reversed but no i mean i just been worried because especially when it comes to football versus hockey obviously it's going to be football and pretty much every market that has a football team or at least an american football team and hockey team the football team is way more popular now and I, i was just worried i was worried i wasn't saying it was gonna happen i was just worried that you know the golden knights were gonna fall off like like that, those were my biggest questions. So going back to the whole like uh, expanding to the thirty-two, yep. I would have put a team in Seattle. I wouldn't have put a team in Vegas. That team, I definitely, honestly, I think I would have put in Quebec City. I think there's enough. Um sports want there, there's enough of a want for more than just one sport in vegas that i yeah. didn't think one team was going to suffer because vegas was without a doubt well yeah going vegas from zero City. to two teams it's not like they had like three teams and but then you're just adding also, another sport there they were also the biggest market to not have a franchise yeah. yeah obviously they were bigger than austin even though austin's on the rise uh they were bigger than austin hell i can't even think of another market or at least you know big time market that doesn't have a team well certain markets favor certain sports more than others i mean like well not even that i'm just saying like las vegas never had a team yeah. so they were obviously like both for the nhl and the nfl well they were hungry for a team and yeah. they they got two basically they got two now but yeah so so and hockey... I was, another thing i was worried about sorry to cut you off yeah, but no like i was worried that the golden knights were just going to be a trial run for the raiders yeah like like an experiment to see how much yeah. people like the sports yeah like could a professional sports team succeed in Las Vegas? So with hockey, I would have put a team in Seattle, and I would have put a team in Montreal, or not Montreal, Quebec City. Because I know, obviously, um, for anybody that's been, especially with the relocation talk in the NHL, and even before Seattle, the expansion talk, there were talks about putting a second team in Toronto, and there were talks about maybe
maybe Kansas City again. Maybe, I think maybe Cleveland was brought up. I'm not 100% sure on that. But I feel like Quebec City, especially I've seen it firsthand on how much they want a hockey team back. Back in 2012, I went to a Devils-Jets game. It was the first time the Devils were playing the newly rebranded Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. They did this the season before, but they decided to do it again this season. Uh, well, at that time, that season. About a thousand Quebec Nordique fans made the trip from Quebec to New Jersey to go into that game and make noise and make a statement and say, hey, NHL, we want our team back. And, like, don't get me wrong, I love that they were there. Yeah. I, I actually loved it because they weren't being disruptive because, yeah, they were making noise and, like, at that time, I think it had been, like, close to 16 or 17 years since the, the move of the Nordiques to Colorado. So at every point in the game when it'd be, like, 16 minutes or 17 minutes, they make a bunch of noise for, like, about a minute. But the thing was they were very respectful to the New Jersey fans very respectful to the Winnipeg fans that night and they did root for the Devils that night like when the Devils would score and you know they'd beat Winnipeg like they were they they were hockey they, fans they were hockey fans and they were they were like showing their respects and yeah. I and that's I appreciated that because they could have been disruptive they could have been jerks yeah. but they weren't and like they came there with a statement but they were very respectful and like that I, I believe that was that to me if I'm the NHL I'm saying okay we put a team in the west and then we put a team back in Montreal or in Quebec City I keep on saying Montreal but Quebec City because they just built a new arena that can 100% fit an NHL team yeah. It's called like the Colosseum Pepsi or that was the old name. Oh no, it's the uh, video video Videotron Centra. Uh, it's, it, it, it's French. It's in French. And it can fit an NHL team like it's NHL ready. They not that many years ago they actually had the Penguins have play against the Canadiens in a exhibition game there and it went off with flying colors. So I believe uh the NHL should definitely if there's ever a relocation option available like if there's a team like florida wants to move carolina was up for it but this resurgence in their franchise i think is saved them well i feel like you could say the same thing with florida the with the panthers the, florida, definitely... the only two teams that i see moving right now in the nhl is florida and phoenix or well arizona, arizona yeah if you want to call it. i mean arizona's been kind of on that bubble for a while as they, far as oh, like a they've team been that... on it for a long time and florida has been like on it for a while as well yeah. they had a success like when the playoffs come into town yeah they sell out and it gets crowded but they're usually dead last in attendance so i believe florida tampa was or not tampa atlanta wasn't even that bad atlanta wasn't in the situation that both phoenix or arizona and florida are in like i feel like atlanta was in a better situation but they like they were moved i feel like like the nhl is still trying to like work in those markets if i'm the nhl i definitely get out of florida because florida does work as a hockey market do you think you kind of just but leave not, Tampa to... Yeah, you just leave it to Tampa because Tampa, even when Tampa's bad, they 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 are still like a mid-level. Um, so what you're place. saying is Tampa, uh, Florida goes give, to yeah, Quebec give, City. I would move, yeah, Florida, Quebec City because imagine that Montreal-Quebec City rivalry again. Like, yeah. that can easily be a top five rivalry. Like, Boston and Montreal is very big. Toronto-Montreal is very big. Toronto-Boston is very big. Chicago-Detroit, it's not as much as it used to be, especially now that they're in different conferences but that was a big rivalry the la markets had a rivalry uh, edmonton and uh calgary is a big rivalry even how the the tri-state rivalry although it's more devils and islanders versus the rangers yep. that's how i like to say it i i've never considered the islanders my rivals i 
and I hope Islander fans never considered the Devils rivals. I mean, they, it was more just who hated the Rangers more. Basically, half their team is former Devils players. Well, now, yeah, yeah obviously. now, now it's like that. The point is, and especially like with Washington and Pittsburgh, that's flown into a rivalry. There was a rivalry back in the nineties. Well, then you look Crosby. interstate. You look at Flyers and Penguins. And, yeah, that's a big one. I mean, any but any two teams in the five, same state playing each other. In terms of top five, I think Montreal and Quebec City would instantly become a top five rivalry because yeah. of especially those inter-Canadian rivalries. Well, you just think the fans. Yes. Yeah. Before you even look at how the two teams are work are playing. I think that if a team were to move back to Quebec, because like uh, the thing with Winnipeg and Quebec, the reason why they lost teams was because of Canadian dollar that went down. Canadian dollar is doing well enough again. So and Winnipeg, even though they have the smallest arena in the league, and it originally was built for a minor league team, it sells out every single night, and that's still almost ten years later. Like Winnipeg are supporting their franchise, and like there is no reason in my eyes why. That can't happen in Quebec City. I feel like Quebec City would 100% support that new team should they move. And I feel like Florida, I'm sorry, but I, I think that's been a failure. Like, they've had glimmers of hope, but I feel like what's hurting that market especially more is the comp. As much as good as that Tampa-Florida rivalry is, I feel like it's hurting both teams in the long run because Tampa is a stronger hockey market. And I would I would go on them, even though Tom Brady's there, I'd go on the market... I, I'd go on the record and say that the Lightning are Tampa's team. I would disagree. Only because I would say the support for the Lightning is more than the Bucks. So, for me, just looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and kind of where they came from to where they are now, when you went from 0-14 that first year, they went 0-26 let's before be they won their first game. No, let's be honest. Okay. The only reason why there's any buzz around the Buccaneers is because of Tom Brady. Once Tom Brady leaves, that franchise is not going to have the same buzz around it. Well, that's it's like saying once Tampa stops winning championships no, and stops contending. Bay, Tampa Bay has always been the most well-liked, or the Lightning have been the most well-liked team there. They've always had better attendance than the Bucks in terms of percentage-wise. Obviously not in terms of game. I would love to see these figures, but... For me, I feel like I feel like when you're here's my takeaway from it. When you're saying that the only reason that their Tampa team right now, arguably, is because Tom Brady's there, that's like saying once you have Stamkos, once you have like the core break up and they stop contending as Tampa's much. Tampa's always been, but the Lightning. I, I I always say Tampa, but obviously we're talking about two uh, Tampa teams. Yeah. Like the Lightning, I feel from what I've seen are more like in the city than the Buccaneers because of how much maybe it is. Is because of how much uh, sadness there has been around the Buccaneers franchise, but obviously with Tom Brady, that well, yeah, everyone changes. likes a winner. No one likes yeah. to root for a team that constantly. But loses there, are, there race. are some franchises that are very supportive of their team, even in rough times. And I feel like the Tampa Bay has done that for the Lightnings, not so much for the Buccaneers. Hell, even when Tom Brady was playing this year, before the like the playoff games, they weren't really selling out as like it wasn't like New England, but New England was really like. I would like to run. say, and this is the only reason why I don't completely agree. With that. I just want to say that we're both in agreement that no one gives a crap about the Tampa Bay Rays. Yep, but I would like to throw out there the the small detail of we're looking at. And how the playoff attendance was in during COVID, and I'm not saying that. No, even before that. Oh well, well they weren't really doing much in the playoffs. Yeah, really. yeah. So it's kind of it's it's a little it's kind of like well, you're saying that there's an asterisk next to that statement though. Well, 
Well, no, Tampa Bay. Like these the, playoffs um, restrictions these, were lifted compared to when when the Buccaneers made their run. But even like before Tom Brady, like the Buccaneers weren't percentage wise getting getting the same percentages as the Lightning. Well, they weren't doing that great, and that's. I feel the like issue. if they were both, like, I, I feel like Lightning is the more well liked team in Tampa Bay. Okay, let me let me throw this hypothetical out there. What if Tampa won without Brady around versus the Lightning winning? Do you who do, who do you think is winning as far as the Battle of Tampa? Well, here's the thing, right? You can't say for a one year season or like you can't say oh this season or that season. You have to look at sustained success. Well, and that's Lightning. Uh, uh yeah, that's Lightning. But lightning, but again, it's easy to say well, no, a team no, is ba- is is there is the team of that city as far as sports when the team is having well, sustained success. Well, here's the thing: we don't live. In Tampa Bay, yeah. so we're looking at it from an outsider's perspective. Yes, we would need people from Tampa Bay to help us with this discussion. So let's get back to the discussion we were actually having. Okay. So where I had listed where I would put my two NHL teams. As have I. You did. Where was your? Oh no, we did NBA. Um. Yeah. Who are your two? Where would you add two NHL teams if you were given before? So we're we're taking out Vegas right now. We're taking out Vegas. Well, Seattle. Okay, so you you are. I am going to Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Let's throw, throw a team in there. Where's your uh, Where's number 32? I don't want to go Quebec City, so I'm not going to go with Quebec City. I am going to go... It's, it's hard to really... Michigan has a team. Minnesota has a team. Ohio has a team. I'm just thinking, like, I, do, I don't want to put them down in the south. I feel like I, I just... Yeah. For me, I think hockey, I think cold weather, I think that kind of environment. Um... New York has enough. Yeah, New York New Jersey has, has one. Pennsylvania has two. No, Maine doesn't really have anything, but I wouldn't want to just put a team up in Maine no. just because. Because they don't have an NHL sizable arena. I mean, I could throw another team in. I think the largest venue in sports in Maine is like a 5,000-seater that's yeah. for football. Yeah, so. and I, I think at this point I'd probably... Uh, if it wasn't Vegas, Dallas is there. You could do another team in Texas, but Houston has been a, Houston. Houston has been yeah. a possibility. That that's in my head. I don't. I don't know. I think hockey. I think cold weather. I don't want to put them down in the in the in the desert. No. So I mean, I, maybe Houston. I I'd go Houston if I had if I had to pick another place. Okay. So see, football is a weird question. Well, football they, they have thirty two. So they have thirty two. If you had to just put another team somewhere. Honestly, like my top choice would be St. Louis. It, like. Well, I don't think the Rams should have left. But I don't think the Rams should have been in St. Louis in the first place. The Rams should always have stayed in Los Angeles. But with that being said, I do believe St. Louis 100% deserves a team, just not the Rams. Okay, so if you had to put a team in St. Louis, let's say someone had would to relocate. They be called? No, no. If one of the 32 teams right now had to relocate, who would you put in St. Louis? I mean... I don't want to say obvious, oh, but obvious. a lot of the... Like a bold prediction. No, I not bold, but like a lot of the... I'd say a lot of the people that would talk about relocation of an NFL franchise, usually like that top choice has been Jacksonville. Jacksonville has been the topic of conversation of relocation for a number of years, and that includes the... You just want one team in, in Florida for each... No, there'd be two. No, Well, no, I'm saying how you were like, let's take Florida out. Out of. Well, the thing with Jacksonville is like they've always been the topic of discussion of relocation. Specifically for them, it's been to London. I don't know how that would work. I don't think it would work. I don't think it would either. But 
That uh, that's something where yeah, I could see Jacksonville. One, I mean, I could always say another one that's been was discussed, but not much in recent years. Maybe about like twelve years ago, before this uh, late resurgence in their franchise, the Bills to Toronto. They would move. They would move to the Sky Dome. I honestly think that if I had to move someone to, if I had to relocate one team, I don't think the Titans should have ever left Houston. No, obviously, like the Titans should have never left Houston. The, the Browns Rams, shouldn't have went to Baltimore, and the original I mean, Browns, yeah, should have yeah. never went to. Baltimore. The the Rams should have never left LA the first time. Yep. The Raiders should have never left Oakland. The Chargers should have never left San Diego. Honestly, like a lot of those teams, a lot of the relocations in the NFL, I feel like have been relocations that should have never happened. Now, obviously, some of the a lot of those have been rectified with, you know, the Rams going back, Cleveland getting a new Browns team, the Texans getting a new, uh, or Houston getting a new Texans team, and Baltimore, hell, even Baltimore with the Colts. They got a new team. Oh, the Baltimore Colts. I, I thought it was a better team name than the Indianapolis Colts. But I mean, that's another thing that I've noticed with the NFL is that when they relocate their franchise, they just keep the the old the old names and yeah. all that. Like well, Oilers to Titans, but I mean, other than that, no, they, they started out as the Tennessee Oilers for like a couple of seasons. They waited, but until then they went to the Oilers. They yeah. moved or they became the Titans when their new stadium was built yeah. in uh, Tennessee. Or Nashville, I believe. But the point is, like a lot of those NBA or NFL franchises, they don't change the name. Now, obviously, if Jacksonville moves, I feel like their name would get changed because the Jacksonville isn't like a brand. St. Louis Jaguars, yeah. That doesn't like it's not like the Colts that have been around for so long or the Raiders. A lot of these other historical franchises moving. But I feel like to me, as of right now, what would make the most sense is Jacksonville to St. Louis, and I'd rename them the Archers. I like that. St. St. Louis team. Oh, okay. The one sport that we have left is baseball. I think, I think baseball is... should stay the same. Honestly. So you like 30 teams? Yeah, I like 30 teams. I feel like... I feel like... Th- no, I, I don't like 15 in each. I like 16 in each. So you're gonna re, you're gonna have to restructure gonna actually, the entire. No, all you have to do is put one team in the national and put one team in the American, and you put it's gonna be five six five. That's it. They'll, yeah, but then you're you you're, have you'll still have sixteen teams. I don't like it. So you'll still have personally, but I because I like how it used to be where they'd have that one month of interleague play because it was like you know it was like oh we're throwing a wrench in the schedule now. But so what I would do. But is then this. you're making it harder for one division in each. No, it's not. It's a still. You one division to win. That's it, and the wild card. That's it. It's still the same number of players spots. But so here's what I would do, right? Now I'm gonna throw a whole like a lot more realignment, right? So with baseball, I'm gonna like do a more a bigger realignment. First thing I'm doing, I'm moving Milwaukee back to the American League Central, and I'm moving Houston back to the National League Central. Okay. The Astros belong in the National League. Milwaukee belongs in the American League. That's how it's been. And just because, oh well, oh I want my pitchers to bat, or I want I want that extra hitter, so I'm gonna change conference. No, we're gonna move them back to their original conferences. Second, National League, I'm gonna put a team a Six team in the East. The Expos are coming back, and I'm gonna put them in their same division with the Nationals to bring that round. I, Montreal to me is the top choice for expansion because 
that's another market that should not have been left. And it's a big market to have a second Canadian team in baseball, I think would be a nice... Because, like, that was a cool thing back in the day. I actually watched first series. Not the first game, just, like, you know, highlights, obviously. The first ever time in 1997 when there was a, a series between two non-American teams in Major League Baseball. It was between the Blue Jays and the Expos. So, I feel like, especially Montreal is a place that should not have been left. Now, in the American League, there's a whole lot of options you can go to. Charlotte has been a very big possibility. Uh, Las Vegas is another one. I, I'd go Vegas and Montreal if I had to pick two. I would maybe go Charlotte, but I want to do a bold choice. San Juan is not a big enough market. You're thinking DR? PR. Oh, okay. Oh, no, well, when you said San Juan's not a big enough. In... San Juan is in Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah. Santo they do, Domingo they is... Do, they used to have um, every year the expos. Yeah. Would you go down and do a like a, a exhibition series down there? But it wasn't obviously a major league ready stadium. So what I would do is this: I'd put a team in Mexico City. Mexico is a, is a very popular baseball town. Yeah, their whole country is very heavy in baseball. Mexico has never had an American team, or you know, has never or protruded into American sports. They've had like Mexico NFL games. They've had Mexico baseball games. I even think the NBA went there for like a game or two. I believe baseball is the only league that would have a successful Mexican franchise. And I think you put obviously put it in the biggest city in Mexico. I think it could work. And going back to what there was one thing I wanted to, I brought up earlier and just maybe as a you know ending point, just a, a topic of discussion. So when I was talking about NFL European games, right? So there was rumors the NFL might want to play a game in Germany. Munich, I believe Munich, the Bayern Munich Stadium. Is that the Ilan Stadium? I forgot exactly what. The point is, how would you feel if the NFL did a game in Germany? Do you think it'd be better than, or do you think it would work better than the London games? No. No? You don't think Germany is a hotbed? I think that London has shown more of an interest in professional American professional football than Germany in general. I'm not saying that people wouldn't turn out. I'm not saying that it wouldn't necessarily be. Germany used to have NFL, like the NFL Europe. They used yeah. to have teams. I think they had maybe two or three teams. Like I know Frankfurt. Had and as quick as the NFL ever. Europe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, that's one thing I feel like, going back to that minor league discussion we had earlier, yeah. I feel like the NFL should have a minor league system. That's why I feel like either the AAF or the XFL would have been a perfect minor league feeder system and it was a, it could have been experimentally you try out a whole bunch of different ideas you want to bring into the nfl well until until we see the xfl and the aaf the possibly. xfl is coming back yeah the rock i believe the, it was rock, the rock bought there. it and uh he full ownership i believe he also owns the teams and all that and they have entered a partnership with the cfl we'll see what that brings yeah and with that we are going to conclude our podcast for today hopefully next time we'll get a little more into the xfl and maybe some suggestions that they won't listen to but we'll talk about follow us on social media at jv squad pod i was gonna say jv we don't have a website for that. Corporate Daddies, if you want to give us some money to get a website, more than welcome to. So it's at JV Squad Pod on Twitter and on the Facebook and on the Spotify as well because that's where you get our latest episodes. Yes. You so we do have a Twitter, Facebook, potentially Instagram coming soon, potentially Reddit coming soon, and always be on the lookout for that OnlyFans. Yep. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, when the starters and the backups are out, the JV Squad is here to pick you up. Thank you.